0: Last time we left off, we thought we were going to move forward with frozen eggs, but we wanted to talk to our doctor.
1: Yeah. Has it been two weeks or three weeks?
0: It has been two weeks since that episode was recorded. All right. We met with our doctor. Yep. And our, our schoolcraft. Yep. And he feels that at their clinic.
1: Why did we meet with him?
0: We met with him because the The person we've been corresponding with about from the egg bank suggested that we meet with him to get his blessing with doing frozen instead of fresh, which I don't think we literally needed his blessing. Right. Um. It's not like he ever told us that we should really do fresh and not do frozen. Right. That had been our choice.
1: Yeah. Um. I think. Well. Again, for more context, when we went into this, again, there's this theme of no half measures. We wanted to have. Yeah. The best. Uh, best chances, best probability of it working. Yeah, And so that means a fresh, fresh eggs.
0: Yeah. So I think we covered this in the last episode, but we talked about how if you Google Mm -hmm. the statistics like fresh versus frozen, it's kind of all over the place. Right, It's anywhere from like 2% worse to 40% worse. But we were kind of speculating about how some of that 40% worse might take into account some, you know, some different scenarios and
1: I don't right. know that those
0: are all egg donor eggs.
1: Right. Well, I think we, so we asked you asked Mhm. Hair Schoolcraft. Yeah. about, you know, that those numbers which is I'm glad you did that. Mhm. Um and yeah, he brought up a lot of interesting little insights in his, you know, quick analysis which is well, first for for their clinic, it mm-hmm. is basically the same uh success yes. rate like fresh versus frozen yes. i think push come to shove maybe there's you know a percentage or two but he was clearly like they're about the same mm-hmm. uh, and then he went into like you know because we do everything and in fact he told us that they wouldn't take outside mm-hmm. frozen eggs
0: yeah that was interesting because one thing i had just kind of thought of at some point was like well what if we get frozen eggs from somewhere else and then just Mm-hmm. you know ship them in because
1: so, so then they wouldn't even take in yeah. our eggs from we'll get into that later um oh yeah
0: yeah i know taking, what you're talking about yeah. well yeah probably not
1: we're trying to figure out how to develop the story here so <laughs> yeah. we're maybe splicing in things here but yeah. it was a, it was a revelation to know that they wouldn't take outside uh frozen eggs and and this leads into the success rate about fresh versus frozen mm-hmm. which is that uh, you know it depends on who's doing it right so they're mm-hmm. awesome at this they have their labs and their standards and they're doing everything every step of the way they they're doing it yeah if there are frozen eggs it could be frozen collected by one lab frozen by another person you know uh, mm-hmm. I don't know there was like many hands in the kitchen potentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the quality of the lab the quality of the people doing it um is where the big difference comes from it's that's not that Mm -hmm. uh it's you know how do you get a 40 percent different rate when you go to a lab that's not that great Mm -hmm. uh different technicians i don't know there's just all the moving parts come into play there yeah and so that's i guess why there's is solid
0: yes another thing that he brought up that we talked about previously was that with frozen eggs so often you are starting with a lot fewer eggs and so obviously your chances are a bit lower just because you have fewer eggs but we uh are getting 21 eggs frozen so that's pretty sweet
1: and so at at ccrm the way they pack package them up for frozen is they put them in lots of eight yes and then they they yeah, so sell buy, those off, right?
0: So you buy one lot of eight, two lots of eight. It
1: depends on, yeah. So so one person could donate and have like a whole shitload of eggs. Yeah. And then they say, okay, well you've got twenty four eggs, so we're gonna well, cut that up into three lots. Yep. And then we'll charge you whatever it is. Yeah. Eight, what, what is it for? Is it Seventeen thousand or something? It's Seventeen thousand dollars
0: for one lot of eggs. For eight. one lot.
1: And but yes, you then you know what you have versus yes when you do a, a fresh. Uh, new cycle fresh cycle then you know you may have a few eggs a lot of eggs who knows Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so there's kind of some pros and cons here um but yeah one advantage is that actually we know what we're getting versus you know well you just said this but
1: yeah well it's funny because i'm telling you this only because you told me all this before yeah and uh so it's kind of funny we're just repeating it back (laughs) and forth to each other yeah but
0: anyway Yeah, so pros and cons here. I mean, the real reason we decided to do Frozen obviously is just because of the timeline and because we're totally over the whole donor search and people flaking on us thing. But I, I feel good about it now. And, you know, obviously there's a small part of me that's like, but would the chances be higher with fresh eggs versus previously frozen? But at the same time, we've chosen to trust our doctor and... You know, we're, yeah, we're just he moving was, forward he with confident. the best. He, yeah. It
1: wasn't a big deal to him on the call. Mm-hmm. So, and also the number we were, you know, we were getting 21 eggs. Yeah. So just the volume of those. And then he, you know, he would break out little statistics, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: about, you know, their success rate is, don't quote me on this, but 60 or 65% on a transfer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so like, you know, if you had, and of course it's like, Embryos that are tested and everything is checks mm-hmm. out, then mm-hmm. then you have that kind of number. But starting with yeah. that larger pool, do you remember how you broke it down? To like if you have like one lot of eight eggs, like maybe one or two, like fuck up or like aren't any good, and then like mm-hmm. some of them, a couple of them aren't genetically normal in testing, and then so you have you know maybe thirty percent of the initial eggs to start with, and you transfer them. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the numbers go down really fast. Yeah. Um. So the fact that we were going to get 21 eggs made that a lot more comforting for me, at least.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, so I don't remember the exact numbers, but yeah, you know, there's just attrition at every stage. So they say that with a lot of eight, you can expect one to two genetically normal embryos, which is just not enough of a cushion for me personally, because we're cursed. Mm -hmm. So... It's not that we need 21 eggs because we want to have, like, six kids. It's that we need that many eggs to just maybe have a a slight, tiny chance of having one child because we're cursed. Yes. This uterus is cursed.
1: So 21 eggs, we're going to get them.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get that egg.
1: We're going to get them eggs.
0: 90 Day Fiance,
1: Angela. Yep.
0: I'm going to get that egg. Yep. We're going to have to have a whole episode about um 90 day fiance and infertility no. uh
1: so just to <laughs> close the loop on that so we had this call with hair Goldcraft it's all about 15 minutes 275 yeah. bucks or something like that it's uh, like
0: 225 dollars
1: well, wow anyway i use plus tax or something yeah anyway um but <laughs> worth it i mean honestly that's why you're paying the money because you want like the yeah. expert mm-hmm. to and tell you what's up and yep. trust in that. Yep. So we did that. We felt good about it. Then it was... Um, Time to pay up. Yeah. I mean, I think then it was coordinating like, okay, I'd actually pay for these things mm-hmm. as far as like actually transferring money with CCRM, which mm-hmm. overall was fairly painless as far as pushing the buttons. Mm-hmm. But uh, always emotional to see that money <laughs> leaves that Bank account. Yeah. Um One good thing I would note for CCR, CCRM, which I don't know if many places do it. Maybe we should look into that. Mm-hmm. But that you can pay with uh credit cards, multiple credit cards, which is good if you're racking up your points or your mm-hmm. miles or whatever, your cash back, that sweetens mm. the deal just a little bit.
0: That's a good point. Cause yeah, I bet a lot of places want a bank transfer. Right. Cause, Cause the credit card, credit card
1: is taking a three to 5% or something of that. And that, that yeah. That... And when
0: you're making a big purchase like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the wallet, the bank accounts hurting a little bit now, a little insight. So a couple of years ago when we first decided to go to Colorado, uh, so I work for a tech company that benefited from the pandemic And so a couple of years ago, we had some, we had hella stock. And uh, so we were planning on selling the stock to pay for this. Yeah. But we didn't sell at the time. We sold some at the time, but we didn't sell a ton because, you know, we wanted to hold on to it. But the stock took a big nose dive since then. And so we no longer have that. So it's now just coming straight out of the old savings account. So... Uh, you're feeling, you're having some, some feels about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we should probably just devote like an episode on financial stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for today's kind of in the moment, the, the reason why we've decided to pick up the mic, yeah, I think at least for me was, you know, you know, you kind of know what the figures are going to be. And then when they finally come and you're like, holy shit, like mm-hmm. that money is gone, gone away. It was, it was so nice in the bank account. It looked mm-hmm. so good and comforting. And then yeah. it's just gone. Uh, yeah, it's emotional. I think especially maybe, maybe it's more for men too. Maybe whoever in the relationship who just, one of, one of you, uh, whoever's
0: the more finance oriented person. The person who's sitting down and doing know. the taxes. I don't and... know. Do
1: you think in a relationship, like, somebody is more financially uh, anxious or more, um, I don't know, right? I don't even know what the right, right mm-hmm. word is, but, like, I'm always looking, not not to, like, a cartoon effect of looking at what the finances are, but, like, I know what the finances are at a point, mm-hmm. roughly. Uh, you, maybe not so much, mm-hmm. and realistically, you don't need to, um, and that's very lucky thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, you're the one who's like, going into our accounts every day, like looking at what we got in our transactions and stuff like that. I'm not looking at it that often. Um Now, before we were married and combined finances, I was very vigilant about my own bank account. So it's not like I just turn a blind eye to finances. But yeah, I mean, I think I take advantage a little bit of the fact that I know that you're on top of it
1: so for c c r m we'd had it was like thirty five thousand dollars for the frozen eggs mm-hmm. then i had had that number in my head, and I was like, yeah, and then that, that one away, and then it was, okay, then you've got your clinical fees, which mm-hmm. turned out to be like i don't know eighteen or nineteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars and then so what well, you're at basically fifty grand down in one day
0: mm-hmm. more than. More than that.
1: Yeah. I, whatever yeah. whatever that is. again, not...
0: Like 52, 53, something like that. Yeah. Total.
1: Um, that, I was like just looking at the bank account today and just like, <laughs> you know, hit you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's been a little while since we like really looked at the financials with them, but I'm not sure that I was expecting it to be quite that much either. Yeah. You know, just like all the different fees. So,
1: yeah, and maybe not all at once. But, I mean, it makes sense. And, yeah. You know, it, uh, I think we'll have to get into it on another episode. Of, but mm-hmm. we've got a budget. This is within the budget. This is this is what we more or less planned for. But it, it's mm-hmm. still just a hit when you actually have to send it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially kind of all at once. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, you know it's not terribly interesting to talk about, but I I can imagine. I can imagine some homies out there who, you know, there's like, oh man, even back in the day, like, oh, $1,000 or something for an IUI, you know, it's when you get, Uh when there's, uh, crudely speaking, no return on that investment, you know, Mm -hmm. it always just stings.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, and not just the homies, but the, the home Yeah. you know, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think that money is a huge issue with infertility treatments for pretty much every couple who goes through it. Um, I think almost no matter what your budget is, it's still like a lot of money and it's, you know, most of us aren't used to spending that kind of money on medical treatments. So it's just a little bit of a, and then also when you're trying to have a baby, you're also hoping to have a child, which is going to make you super broke. So it's not like, you know, when you're done with this process, then you're going to be rich because you're right. going to have even less money. Yeah, it's um, a really a
1: terrible decision on our part, financially <laughs> speaking.
0: It's going to be fine.
1: It's going to be fine. That's We'll have to talk about that in a whole other yeah, therapy we'll session an, on yeah. the podcast.
0: <laughs> we'll do another episode talking about finances because it's a whole thing but um yeah so anyway so
1: nuts and bolts i guess so that you know they use uh like docusign or whatever to say here's my information and you send it over to them and Mm -hmm. it's pretty painless make sure to tell your credit card companies you've got a large expense coming so they don't flag Mm -hmm. it pro tip good tip also track your expenses use a excel or google doc or something so you know where all the money is and where it's going
0: yep yeah, we have a, a Google spreadsheet tracking what we're spending on this. Prior to going to Colorado, I just kind of had numbers in my head. So I kind of remember like ballpark of what things were, but we weren't really tracking it as closely. But going into this Colorado situation, you know, we have a specific budget. And so it's like, let's, you know, actually keep track. Um, so other stuff that's gone on in the last couple weeks. Yeah. So I had a family situation come up where one of my aunts is basically terminally ill. She's on hospice at home, but, um, you know, she was in the hospital in really, really bad shape. And so I went to visit her and, uh, even more than just to visit her, to be there to support my cousins, her kids who were taking care of her, and especially because all of my cousins, all of her kids are, well, actually almost all my cousins are younger than me. And so, you know, I kind of feel like, oh, I want to help them out because they're like so young to be going through this. And um, that was rough. But I, I just hopped in the car and like took off driving one afternoon. And I think you were kind of, that whole experience has thrown the family into a state of anxiety. Oh. For sure. <laughs>
1: I think we've we've already been in kind of crisis mode for like yeah, and I'll call it a month because yeah. going back to all the donor drama, mm-hmm. people as listeners already know, yeah, donors bailing out and trying to find new donors and yeah, super stressful. And then you know life just keeps compounding with different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got family issues and yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, part of the reason I bring that up is because this experience kind of touches on one of my biggest anxieties in life and in the whole topic of having kids, which is that my aunt has three daughters to help take care of her. And it kind of like touches on my core anxiety of like, what if I don't have kids? Who's going to take care of me? You know, that's like one of the scariest things i think um so
1: yeah uh, i mean that is that is abstractly a scary thing
0: yeah yeah it's interesting because like i that does scare me but when i think about it you know i because i know a lot of people who don't have kids mm-hmm. and when i think about them being in the hospital i'm like yeah there's other people who would take care of them um
1: but I, but, I mean, this is obviously a, a huge topic that we'll have to devote other time to, but mm-hmm. I think, like, when you are that old, knock on wood. My aunt's not that old. Oh, well, we're not talking about, you're you talking about you.
0: Okay, but in this situation.
1: You're, well, you're, your aunt has three kids, That's so it's a totally opposite situation. I'm talking about you. If you didn't have kids, <laughs> uh-huh. and you're there, you know, on your deathbed, yeah, it's likely going to be when you're probably pretty old. Let's hope so. Yeah, but... Like, the a, way you, like 107 The way you ish. feel now about it is not going to be the way you feel about it 40 years from now. That's true. You're going to be basically a whole new person. Uh, either because you're going to have kids, <laughs> and that's, you're going to be the person who has kids, and that life's going to develop. Or you're not going to have kids. Uh-huh. End of story. And then that's going to change the trajectory of your life, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way you feel now is not... It's kind of unlikely to represent what you will think and feel that far in the future.
0: Maybe. I guess I guess that's the thing is, how do you know?
1: Well, like, think about it just in terms of thinking about death, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, the younger you are, I'd say, generally speaking, um, I think, well, I think it's kind of like a curve, maybe. There's You can definitely think of, like, young, stupid people who don't think about death at all, care about death are all, kind of this, you know, invincibility mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, motif or something. Yeah. But um I think there is a point where people start to really are maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. or it's in the background, they really are afraid of death and mortality and how that is. But I think about old people that I know, or people who have been close to death or and died, Yeah like they're like, take me now <laughs> It's like my wife died 10 years ago. I've been wishing God would take me every day since then. <laughs> oh, like they have a totally different perspective on death. And I it's and true. I want and I wonder you know that kind of thing like it changes after 80 years, yeah. 70 years, 90 years, 100 years whatever. Yeah. If you're lucky or not lucky, then that may not be that bad of a thing. Yeah. But we don't know. Yeah. But we're getting way off topic.
0: Well, it's on topic because it's about having kids or not having kids.
1: That's not Um, our question though.
0: Anyway, well, let's get back a little bit closer to on topic. So even decide so when I made this decision to go down there, part of my I was weighing a couple of options and part of my indecision was I'm risking getting COVID and we're, you know, going to we're now gonna go to Denver and do our egg fertilization like next week as we're talking. So that was a consideration as well. Because I was like, do I play it safe? And be like, no, I can't come down there because I'm doing some medical stuff. By the way, nobody was... Well, one of my other aunts did specifically say, like, you should you should come type of, type of thing. But nobody was like, Karen, please come. I was more just, like, feeling like I should.
1: I think um, you were right to go from what you know now.
0: I think so, too. And I'm glad that I went.
1: Again, no half measures, no regrets.
0: I really felt like I... Yeah, I don't even want to get into it. But like, yeah, I I really felt like I should. And I also felt like I'm not conservative enough about COVID for me to feel okay about being like, no, I can't go for that reason. You know what I mean? Because like Mm -hmm. you and I, we go to restaurants, we go to the grocery store, we go to the movie theater. Like we're not super, we follow all the rules and regulations. We're vaccinated. We, you know, we do all the stuff we're supposed to do, but we do also get out there and just live our lives. Um, hell yeah. You know, we're, we're not going to like crazy high risk places, but we're, you know, we're going out and doing stuff. Um, so I just felt like it, I would have felt like a little bit of an asshole if I was like, Oh, I don't want to get COVID. I can't go down there. Um, and the hospital scenario was actually pretty safe. They checked people's vaccinations and everybody was wearing masks in the hospital, but I have a very physically affectionate family. And some children aggressively coughed on me.
1: This is news to me.
0: I told you, my one of my cousins' kids uh, had a cold and was, you know, had a cough, and I was like watching them. <laughs> and then Big mistake. She...
1: You should have never have gone.
0: <laughs> and then she. This was actually really cute. So the the two kids, they're like seven and nine. They decided to make strawberry lemonade. They called it Strabalead, mm. and they were going to sell it to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got a bunch of strawberries and sugar and water and we're just like crushing them up. And then they had like these little tiny cups and they're like, Karen, drink it, Karen, drink it. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And they're like, no, Karen, drink it. And I was like, okay. So yeah, I think I shared a cup with this child. This is
1: getting worse. Karen. <laughs> I
0: know. Anyway. So I was like, I was trying to, you know, anyway.
1: Where are your boundaries?
0: When a little child is like, drink my straw mm-hmm. How are you going to say no?
1: So you didn't pay for it. Did you? (laughs) We need that money back.
0: I did buy them some strawberries and some lemons. Oh my God. Um, they were like, get us four giant containers of strawberries. I was like, okay, I'll get you one. Okay. I'll get you one. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so when I came back from vacation, so I started driving home and I start to be kind of like. I feel a teensy bit congested. I feel a teensy bit of a sore throat. But, like in this pandemic, I feel like I've had phantom COVID symptoms multiple times. Is it just me? Is everybody having this? So, anyway, I took a test. It was negative. I called Mike. I ended up stopping on my drive and spending the night in a hotel. And then you cleared out of the house for a couple of days and went to your parents' house when I came back. So we, we had a couple days buffered to be safe, but I am fine. Fingers crossed. I guess
1: the through line here is that that was one of the things that made us very stressed out. Yeah. Like that's where I think what you're getting at.
0: I'm talking about our stress and I'm yes. talking about preparation for fertility treatments in the era of COVID.
1: Mm, okay.
0: So it's relevant. I'm not just okay telling tales. But anyway, do you have anything else to share on this update?
1: Um, I thought where you were going with this whole thing about going to see your aunt was the IVF story you heard from your uncle. Oh, I think if you can talk about that, in maybe general terms, that's a great little story.
0: Um, you know, I think let's table that. It's not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. Let me well, get permission it, to share a story.
1: We'll or maybe about, somebody
0: needs to get on the pod and share the story.
1: Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Why don't we... What about just talking about it in general terms? We don't have to say how you know this person or, you know, any real mm-hmm. details about, you know, the outline of what happened. Because I think that... Okay. That is really fascinating. That could really make this episode episode worthwhile. Oh, my God. Well... Not our best episode.
0: How dare you? It's Sorry. in the moment where sh- it's I mean, raw. It's real. It's, we're it's sharing our talking. feelings. It's the stress talking. Your stress is hard. Yeah. Your your stress is... Is... Uh is real yeah it's palpable so uh yeah just to talk in very general terms so i have some family members who went through ivf in the 80s and ivf in the 80s was
1: wild y'all flashback like roller skating rinks stranger things mm -hmm. like get the whole thing going the original yeah
0: like not just stranger things but like real 80s like um
1: the goonies yeah lost boys
0: that movie with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis where they're wearing leotards and doing like aerobics and like a lot of uncomfortable hip thrusts. Oh, yes. That's what it was like. Yes. So it was in the eighties and, uh, they were having an infertility situation. They did go through an adoption. It's a whole, it's a wild story. It's really interesting. But what I will tell you is that in the early days of IVF, they did things very differently. So they would harvest eggs and then they would, throw them all back in on day one. So they weren't growing out the embryos for multiple days and then like seeing them become blastocysts. They did, it sounds like day one transfers, and they would put up to four back in there. And so it was just a really different time. And obviously there was no genetic testing or anything like that. And um I'm not even a 100% sure how the blood testing was back then because the person I was talking to was saying kind of like that they had to wait a long time to know if they were pregnant or not after, like, it sounded like a lot longer than we have now. So I'm a little fuzzy on those details, but it was quite a thing. Um, Let's call it for there, but you're not off the hook. We're going to keep talking, but we're, we're going to pause this one here. Um, And I think we will be back. Uh, probably with an update about how the fertilization of our eggs went our next step those those eggs are getting fertilized and uh and then we're gonna see what happens it's gonna be like uh you know it's happening
1: it's happening
0: all right Till next time bye